Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today we are going to do a deep dive into my story. Um, specifically my financial story of going from a broke college girl over $36,000 in debt to now on track to become a millionaire before I turn 28. So I'm going to dive in and fun little thing, but this is going to go um, alongside of, I have like a visual component of this too, that I'm going to put on Instagram So if you're watching this in real time, I'm going to be sharing this on my stories, but then after it'll be a highlight on Instagram called my story. So you can go and kind of see the pictures that I'm going to post from like college or after that go along with this story. So you can kind of like visualize that as well. So go and check that out, but I'm going to go a little bit more in depth um, into my story today. Okay. So to set the stage for you, and I'm going to start... A little bit younger than I'm going to in my, um, like on Instagram and that story. But so growing up, I grew up um, in a small town in Iowa, and I really learned from a young age these like strong work ethic Midwestern um, values. I had my first job when I was like 13. Um, I was, uh, I would like mow, well, I mean, if you go really far back, I was like the queen of like lemonade stands and making money by like capturing bugs and having my neighbors like pay me. And I would tell them like what species of bug it was. I know I was a freaking weird kid, but, um, but then like my first, like, wow, I'm actually like making money and I have to do this once a week or whatever. I would like mow my neighbor's yards and I was like a mother's helper, which honestly is like kind of a sexist term if you think about it, because both parents were home, but I would watch the kid. Um, so it was kind of like a babysitter, but the parents were still present. So it was like not as, uh, not as like independent as babysitting when I was 13. And then when I was 14, I uh, babysat. I taught swimming lessons. I worked at the um, state fairgrounds at one, like at like the, uh, like like the funnel stand or the root beer stand or whatever. I got put on that night. Um, So I had all these jobs, right? Literally starting at fourteen, all through high school. So I knew how to make money, and I loved the independence that that gave me. But I had no clue how to save money. I had no clue how to, um, like set money aside. I had no clue. I had no clue what investing was. Oh my gosh. I didn't understand what debt was. Like I knew nothing about money. However, the one big thing I'd picked up on is money was not something you should talk about. And so I never really like asked these questions because anytime I got curious and I, you know, I can remember being a kid and being at the grocery store or being at dinner and the check would come and I would like, grab it because I wanted to see what was on it. And my parents would be like, no, 
you're like, if you're not paying for it, you're not looking at it. You know, I'd be like, oh, okay. Or like same thing at the grocery store. So I knew that it was like, well, if I'm paying for something, it should be private. Like I shouldn't talk about it, whatever. So I really didn't. I basically just, if my parents like made me set aside money for um, savings or something, I would, but I would do it reluctantly. Um, And other than that, I would just make money and then I would spend it. Like that was just like what I did. So that went on through high school and um, and then so set the stage. Then I am going to college. I honestly didn't really like look at colleges that much. I was just like, oh, okay. I knew I wanted to go to a small school. I only knew I wanted to go to a small school because my parents went to a small school and my sister went to a small school and I'd heard of people liking that. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to a small college. I thought I was going to go to a different small college. And then I visited my sister at her college. And the funny thing is my sister and I absolutely despised each other growing up. And so it was super weird for me to even visit her because we weren't even that close, but she was like, oh, you should come like check this out. And I checked it out and I honestly loved it. And I was like, hold up. I want to go to college here. So decided to go to college there when me and my sister, you know, ended up becoming best friends and we still are today. But so that was kind of funny. But anyway, was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I'll go here. Had no clue what debt that would put me in. Had no clue how much it would cost. I was just like, oh, I like it. I'll go here. And um, so then when we were going to school, I vivid or like literally like I paid my deposit. And then when it came time to figuring that stuff out, my mom, like she would talk to me about like, oh, we need to file the FAFSA or we need to go talk to the student student aid office at your school. And I'm like, can you do that? Like, do I have to go? Like, do I have to go and talk about that? She'd be like, yes, you have to go. And I begged her. There was this one, we were in the financial aid office and she went in to go meet with the um, lady who was in charge of it. And so her and this lady were like talking about everything. And then mom, my mom was like, oh, do you want to come in and like learn about this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. The thought of some random lady who I didn't know talking to me about my money that in my head was like, that's something private. Like nobody, it felt like such a weird, awkward violation that I was like, oh no, I wanted to ignore it. Wanted to not talk about it. I just only knew debt was something in my mind. I was like, oh, you have to take on debt to go to college. So it doesn't matter how much I have to, I'll just like say yes. So then I literally left the room and then she like called me and was like, well, you have to come in to sign this. And she started like trying to explain it. And I just signed it and I was like, okay, no, that's fine. I don't need to know. She was like, uh, and I'm like, okay, bye. And then I left. I signed up to go to college. I put my name on the line for whatever loans I needed in order to afford to go to the school. Had no clue. Had absolutely no clue how much debt I was going into. Couldn't have guessed it within the $1,000 mark, probably the $10,000 mark. I had no clue. Um, so signed up for that. At that point, then it was getting really close to school. So right before school, my mom was like, hey, you need a a debit card. I didn't have a debit card. I was a senior in high school, didn't have a debit card. I just, all my jobs paid cash. Every single one of my jobs paid cash. So I just had cash. I literally had a wallet shoved with cash and that's how I paid for everything. Gas station, I would just walk in, hand them a $20 bill, put $20 worth of gas in my tank. Honestly, it's probably like a $5 bill most of the time, but um didn't even have a debit account, debit card. So I go to the bank right before college. I mean, honestly, this was probably two weeks before then I left for college, go in there. They give me a debit card and they start explaining like, here's, you got to set up an online log. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. Keep my debit card. When I tell you, 
when I tell you that for the first year of college, I played debit card roulette every single week. Every time I used that debit card, it was debit card roulette. And that means I would go to use it on whatever. I did not plan spending. I did not do, I just like worked. And then now my jobs in college were direct deposit into that uh, checking account. So it would attach that debit card. So I would just spend that card until it got declined. And then I'd say, oh crap, I got to pick up more hours at work. And then I'd pick up more hours at work, get more money in that account. And then my card would start going through and then I would spend on it until it would get declined. And then I'd be like, well, shoot. And then I would stop spending on it until I got more money in my account for my jobs or whatever. Um, the amount of times, the amount of times. So there was a high V, which that's like just a grocery store in the Midwest. There's a high V like a couple blocks from my college. And I would go there the amount of times in the checkout lane. And I feel, I feel like I should call them and apologize for this because I'm, I'm not proud of this. The amount of times in the checkout lane, I would have all my groceries. I would scan my girl. They'd scan my groceries, whatever. They'd tell me how much it was. I'm like, okay, cool. I'd swipe my debit card. I'd be so stressed, so unbelievably stressed the entire time I'm in the grocery store. So stressed in the checkout lane. I swipe my card. They'd be like, oh, it got declined. And I'd be like, oh, shoot. My other card is in my car. Like, let me go get it. I would leave. Uh, I was lying. I didn't have another card. That was my only card. It got declined because I just didn't have money on it. So I would just leave. I just be like, oh my gosh, sorry. I'll be right back. Like, can I just leave my stuff here really quick? I'll be right back. I would just go home. I'd go back to school and I'd be like, well, can't get groceries. Have to wait until payday to get groceries. I will just have to go to a freaking, you know, club, like a, I don't know, like, uh, all I can think of is like Glee Club. That's not even whatever. Like, you know, those different clubs that are like free pizza night. If you come to this club, I would just go to those, get food, or like beg my friends that had a membership to the cafeteria to let me have one of their meals, and I would just do that, or I would like eat ramen noodles or something. Then I would go back and like buy groceries like four days later once payday hit. That's how I lived, and I honestly just thought that was like how it was. I was just like, I don't have enough money. I'm a broke college student. This is just how you live. Okay, so between... 2013 and 20, um, actually let me take it back. I'm going to start at 2013. So, and now I have a little bit of like a breakdown so I can make sure I'm like not missing anything. So in 2013, I was 17 years old. Okay. So that is when I first, I went to college 17 years old because I was pretty young for my grade. So I went to college at 17, signed, you know, all those loans had no clue, no clue, um, how much I actually owed. <laughs> I had no clue. And then um, got a bunch of jobs right away, right? Got a bunch of jobs because I was like, I need money. And spent them, just spent money. Spent it on clothes, spent it on junk food, spent it on um, going on spring break. And I would just literally spend until my card would get declined. And then I would have no money left. And then um, that, like, that was it. That was it. Uh, so yeah. And then at this time, the more my card would get declined, the more I would pick up more jobs. I mean, I'm not kidding. All of college, I had 
at any given time, minimum of four jobs, but I would have more than that. I would have like six, seven jobs. Um, I should say this, six, seven ways to make money. So like one of the things I did religiously, religiously in school was donate plasma twice a week, every single week. I still have the scar on both of my arms. Let's see if you can see it. You can kind of see it right there. That like light mark. Um, if, well, I'm also recording video. So if you're listening to this on podcast, you can't see it, but, um, I still have the scar literally from donating plasma for years. And again, I would take that, make money, spend the money. So then 2014, uh, finished my freshman year of college. I studied abroad in Spain. The, the funny thing with that is I, again, had no clue how much it costs. I was just like, oh, I'll take out more loans. Like, that's what they said. They were like, yeah, you can take out more loans. I'm like, okay, sure. If I can go to Spain, absolutely. So did that. But then when I was going there, that didn't include spending money. So I would be like, oh my gosh, wait a second. I'm not going to have money coming in. So that was the first like panic of like, wait, my entire life revolved around waiting for the next paycheck. So if I was going to go to Spain and study abroad, I wasn't going to be making money. So what was I going to do? So that was my first like panic spend or save moment where I was like, okay, I need to stop spending all my money and not buy anything and not buy food and not buy this. So I have money when I'm there. So, so stressed about saving for it because I thought about that, like, I don't know, a month before I left. And then when I got there, which this makes me so sad, it like breaks my heart to think about it. But when I was there in Spain, in Spain, studying abroad, I would literally try to not spend a dollar. Like I was like, oh, I don't want to get any food. Oh, I don't want to get this because I did. I was so scared about spending money and I was so stressed. And I think, you know, I think back to that time, which again, I, I get being realistic, but also I think back and I'm like, I think of like the, the, the food, the, you know, experiencing the culture and things like that, that I missed out on because I was so stressed about not spending money. And here's the thing, even when I did spend money, I felt so guilty about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to, um, you know, just like, how am I going to stretch this money out? I shouldn't be spending this, whatever else. So that was a really big wake up call for me, which is like, wait, what happens if I, I, I don't have like work or I have to work less or something and then that happens. Um, so that was a big like aha moment for me um, of how much stress and anxiety around money were really just like taking over over my life. So then after I lived or after I studied abroad in Spain, I flew to Amsterdam and I was a live-in nanny. Um, it was balling. I lived with them for free and got paid on top of that. Um, and I was still constantly stressed about money. I was honestly so grateful to start getting paid again. (laughs) Um, but I was so stressed about money. I would literally try to spend nothing. I'd be like, I can't spend anything. I can't spend anything. And then I'd be like, screw it. I'm in Amsterdam and spend and spend all the money I got paid from them. And then I'd be like, why did I just do that? I'm an idiot. What? And then I would, it was the same cycle, stress, guilt, screw it. I'm going to spend and then feeling guilty again. That was, and it just like kept going. So came home from Amsterdam, uh, came back to the United States, started my next year of college. And that was when this cycle continued where it was, I'd work really hard. I would make, I honestly, and I was making pretty good money for a college student because I was working so much. Um, I'd blow all of my money on 
here's the thing. I didn't even, when I say blow all my money, I don't even like using that verbiage in general because I don't want to make it sound like spending money is bad. When I use that phrase, blow all my money, it's because it would be like the week after. And if you paid me a thousand dollars to tell you what I spent my money on, I'd have no clue. I'd have no clue. I was just like spending to spend. And then I'd be stressed about money because I'd spend all of it. And then I would pick up more hours or I'd pick up another part-time job or whatever else. So, um, and here's some of the jobs. So these were the like six, I'm glad I wrote these down so I didn't forget these because sometimes when I'm trying to remember all of them. So mo- the, I had other ones like throughout college that I would add to this sometimes, but these were the six that I did pretty much all of college. So I worked in a college mailroom. That was my work study where again, I was making like six, $7 an hour. Um, and then that went straight to paying my like tuition. Um, so that money I never saw, I never got to spend. That one went straight towards not paying my loans, literally just paying to be able to afford to go there. Um, then I, I, this, I don't even know what my title was, um, for this second job, but I basically went to this downtown office and then got everyone there. I picked up lunch for them every day and kind of like picked up and things like that. Um, the next job I babysat for this unbelievable family that I love, so love so much. Um, I tutored at an elementary school. I did, this was only one summer, but I did a summer research program where I got paid to conduct research um, through the economics department because I was an economics major. Um, The next one, I was a college adjustment peer leader, cap leader, which is like an orientation leader. So that one, again, wasn't year round. That was just like in the beginning. Um, But throughout the year, then I also did, I forget what it was called, a student ambassador, which is basically like a similar like orientation vibe thing where you can help people like when there's days where people come like prospective students come to campus where you like talk about the college and things like that. So I also did that. Um, and then again, throughout all this, I was donating plasma and then I did random things like throughout as well. Like I would pick up, um, I was a temp worker only a handful of times at a local country club, whatever, all these different things. But just to give you kind of uh, overview. Okay. So, and then again, as this is going on, same cycle of just constant breakdown because time and time again, I would have that cycle. I'd work hard or I would always be working. So I'd miss out on fun with my friends in order to work. And then I would spend all my money and feel broke anyway. And then I'd be like, why am I skipping out on hanging out with my friends and my college experience in order to work when I'm broke anyway, like when I have no money and my card gets declined all the time, why am I prioritizing work when I could just be broke, but be having fun? Like that was my mindset of like, that was my like existential crisis at the time was like, why don't I just be broke as I am now, but just not work and then just like have fun, right? If I'm going to be broke either way. Um, again, the alternative would be like figure out money, but that wasn't part of my thought process at that time. Um, so anyway, this is when I was just like constantly stressed. I was going out, spending money, stressed, blah, 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 blah. Then as we all do at some point, I feel like, I feel like this is like a shared experience. I don't know, maybe just me, but I went through this breakup. And so this was my, 
straw, I think sophomore year, sophomore year of college, sophomore year, no, junior year, junior year of college, let's see what year was this, so 2016, so I was like a junior, I think, go through this breakup, and it truly, like, I was questioning everything about myself, like, and again, I was so, I was so hurt where I was to the point where I was like, I'm not good enough, right? Like, I'm not smart enough. I just wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't this. I wasn't all these things, right? I had this narrative where I was just so down. I was so insecure. I was so sad. I was so heartbroken. And I really, again, I was just like every piece of my world, it felt like was crashing down at that moment, right? Like, I know that sounds a little dramatic, but like when you think, you know, I had this idea of like what my life was going to look like and with this person and who I was and all those things. And so when that changed, it made me question all these things. And so again, I'm like, I'm so insecure. I'm so just mean to myself of like, you suck. You're not pretty. You're not this. And like, you know, I sat in that pity party for a while. I'll be honest. I sat in that pity party for a while. And then something changed inside of me. And I got to this point where I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel this way right now. I don't want to feel this way ever again. I want, there has to be another way. I want to feel more in control. I want to feel more in control of my life. I want to feel more in control of, um, my choices. I want to feel more confident. I want all these things, right? And and so I, that's when I really sat down and was like, I feel broken right now, but, you know, who do I want to rebuild into? Like, that was my big question. And I sat on that for a while and I was like, who do I want to rebuild into? Who do I want to become? Who do I want to um, grow into? And when I was writing all these things out, something that kept coming up for me was money, Money was like this thing where it was like, I want to, you know, be able to get my hair done, but I feel like I never had the money to pay for it. I want to be able to not, not be stressed all the time with this, but I was always stressed about money, right? So money kept coming up when I was actually thinking about like who I wanted to be. I wanted to be someone who could have, do the travel and do all these things without the stress. So anyway, money kept coming up for me. And so in that time, money was like the thing I latched onto. And so I... I literally was like, you know what? I am going to try to figure out money. Because if that that could be one step toward feeling more confident because I felt so like, I felt stupid, honestly, around money. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know like what to do with it. I didn't know why my card was always declining. So I was like, that would make me feel so much more confident if I could figure that out. And also like, hello, having money and being able to travel and do those things, like that sounds amazing. Um, Not just like having money, for a week and then it, it being gone, but like actually having money, like sounds incredible. So money was the thing I latched on to. So at that time I was like, okay, um, how do I figure this out? Right. Keep in mind at this time, I did not have an online login to my bank account still. Okay. Um, so I got this debit card like years ago, didn't have an online login. Um, because again, I played debit card roulette. I just spent until it declined. So that's how I knew it was at zero or overdrafted. Like, (laughs) so this is a girl. Okay. I want you to like be with me on this. 
This is a girl who knew nothing, truly nothing. I didn't know what a credit score was. I didn't know what retirement accounts were. I didn't understand what investments were. I didn't know how to save. I didn't have a credit card. I didn't know any of this stuff. And I was like, I want to figure it out, right? Like I want to figure it out. I want to understand this stuff. So I started like Googling, how do you get ahead with money? I started going to the library and picking up finance books. And I was like, what is going on? I started picking up personal finance books um, and, and all these things. And so much of the information I got, um, I didn't feel like applied to me. And it was so discouraging because I finally had this like motivation of like, here's, I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to like, that's going to be the first thing I focus on, like is money, like getting ahead with money. And I really felt like I'd pick up these finance books and they'd be like, uh, you know, here's how to refinance your mortgage. And I'm like, I'm, you know, 19, 20 years old. I am literally trying to figure out how to not like go out, get drunk and order $72 worth of pizza daddy, uh, pepperoni pizza and garlic bread at 2 a.m. and then hate myself the next morning for spending that money. Like that's what I'm trying not to do. You know what I mean? Like I'm refinancing, refinancing my mortgage or whatever. I was like, what is a mortgage? Right. I had no clue. All so much of the financial advice I was finding was like, so it was not for the millennial or Gen Z or like the 20 to 30 year old. So that was like the first thing I struggled with in the like literature that I was reading. Second thing was it was boring as hell. I was like snooze fest. This is so I couldn't even like read more than a page without being like, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm so confused. I'd have to like Google vocab words. I'm like, this is exhausting. And then the third problem was as I was going through this and reading this stuff, it I felt so much shame. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm an absolute idiot. And there was so much, the narrative was like, why are you spending money? Like spend less, idiot, and then you'd be doing fine. Like that's how I felt when I first started reading this stuff. It was like, oh, you have debt? You have any debt? Why are you going out and buying drinks at the bar? Why are you um, ordering any other groceries but rice and beans? Why would you ever set foot in a restaurant for your friend's birthday dinner if you have debt? Like you're not trying hard enough. You just don't want it. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'm just lazy and don't care enough. And that's why I'm bad with money. And that was so toxic. That was so unbelievably toxic. And honestly, like looking back, those moments are so much of why I wanted to create Deeper Than Money down the road. I'm getting ahead of myself um, because I'll talk about Deeper Than Money in a second. But anyway, so I really struggled. I'm reading this advice. I'm like, how does this apply to me? It's making me feel like she is about myself. And um, I was struggling. But there were bits and pieces where I was like, oh, okay, here's how I figure out how much debt I have. Or here's, uh, you know, some ways I can start saving. And I would implement trial and error and try to do some of this stuff. And like some would work. Some I was like, this advice sucks. But anyway, I really tried this like restrictive stuff, like this restrictive mindset. And it wouldn't work. It would work for like a week. And then I would basically binge spend and then feel guilty and then try it again and super restrictive. And I was miserable. And I was like, I don't want to spend college doing this. I don't want to spend college doing this. There has to be another way. And that is where the magic really happened for me when I started learning how not only to 
actually make financial moves and get ahead with money, but how to enjoy life in the process and not sacrifice and use restriction and use like willpower just to get ahead, but to use a sustainable approach that lets you spend and enjoy spending while also getting ahead. So that's really where like that pivot changed to the here's where deeper the money comes from of like, it wasn't just the financial piece. It was so much more than that. It was about understanding my emotions, understanding my beliefs around money, understanding what I wanted, understanding what my goals were and spending in alignment with what I wanted instead of just always trying to spend as little as possible and spend what other people were telling me to. Right. So you can see some foreshadowing about where we're headed. Okay. So now it's like 2016. I'm 20 years old. Um, and the next step of this was figuring out what, what what's up with my debt. Like how much debt do I have? And I will literally never forget this. I am, I told you guys earlier, I worked in the mailroom. I'm in the mailroom and I had like nobody, I don't know if it was like a holiday or something, but like no one was around. And so when there was like truly no one around and I already put the mail away and I already put the packages away and stuff like that, um, then you could like do homework. Like that was the rule. So I'd already done all of that. No one was coming to the window. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Instead of doing homework, I want to figure out how much debt I have, right? Because I was learning like figure out your finances of like understand where you're at with money. So it was like figure out how much debt. I'm like, oh, I can do that. So I call um, my mom. I'm In my head, I'm like, there's no way it's like over maybe like $5,000, right? Like that's a huge amount. Like there's no way it's over that. Um, Probably couldn't have guessed like, anything else. Like if you said, uh, like I said earlier, if you were, would have told me like guess within a thousand dollars, how much debt you would have had, I would have not been anywhere close. But at that time I did have a $10,000 car loan. My car, I could do another podcast on my car stories because, um, my car journey is very funny. But anyway, my car, basically I had a 20, I don't even know if it was I think it was like a 2002 or something Sunfire Pontiac that had no air, no um, heat, no radio. The windows did not work and it was a two door. The trunk barely works like half the time. Anyway, basically like engine blew up and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And so um, I got, I had a car loan because I got a new car. So I had, I knew I had $10,000 in car loan, which to me, I was like, I'm going to have that for the rest of my life. That's so much money. But I thought for student loans, in my mind, I was like, well, there's no way I can have like more student loans than car loans. Because again, I knew nothing about that. I knew nothing about like how this worked. So I call my mom and I'm like, hey, like, how do I know how much debt I have? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, you don't have like an online login for your student loans? And I was like, nur, nur, don't know anything about them. Don't know how much I have. She's like, okay, um, what? That's something you should know. And so she's like, here's how to go do it, whatever. So I go online. I'm sitting in the mailroom at the computer. I log in and it pops up that I have like 24,000 or something. It ended up being closer to 26 with like interest on it, but it was like 20, let's say 24 to 26,000. I absolutely lost it. I get up. Somebody else is working in the mailroom, but they were like on the other side. I stand up and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. I like X out of it. I go to the bathroom. I start bawling. I start bawling because here's the thing. Like I said, at this time, at this point in the story, I was like committed to figuring out finances. I was like, 
I'm going to, you know, I was trying to start figuring out like saving and I was trying to start figuring out all these things. And now I was trying to tackle debt. I had a little bit of momentum, but most importantly, I didn't just have momentum. I had hope. Like I actually was starting to believe that like I could make some money moves. And this just felt like the ultimate punch in the mother effing gut. Like I went, I'm sitting in the bathroom. I pull up my phone calculator and I do the math of like, 36,000 because it was like the 26,000-ish of student loans plus the $10,000 car loan. So it's like $36,000. It ended up being over that because of interest. But um, I take 36,000 divided by $7 because I was making $7 an hour in the mailroom. So I was like, okay, how many hours would I have to work in order to pay this off? And so it was like, I wrote this down. It was like 6,000 hours after taxes are 750 days straight with 100% of my income going to debt, to be debt free. So I was like, oh, so that's impossible. And I'll have that forever. And what was the point of even trying? And I was so discouraged. I was so discouraged. Um, And so that, again, you'll know this is like a theme for me through a pity party that lasted, um, you know, however long. And I was like, this sucks. I suck. This will never work sat in those feelings. If you'll notice, again, I'm an Enneagram 7. Um, I'm very like highs and lows where I'm like very expressive and very like um, have a very wide, full range of emotional scale. And so the lows, I was like, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. So then once I was able to kind of collect myself from that and pick myself back up, I was like, okay, can't let this stop me let's start getting to getting to town. So, um, and again, this is where I touched on this earlier, but this is the part in the story where I first started fully restrictive mindset. I was like, okay, if I'm paying this debt off, I can't ever go spend money. I cannot go get coffee with a friend on her birthday. I can't buy anybody like gifts for their birthday. I can't buy anybody Christmas gifts. I can't, which none of those things are wrong, but like that was my mindset of like, I could not do that. Uh, like I would skip meals all the time because I was, I didn't want to spend money. I just skip them. I'd be like, I can't eat because I can't spend money like that. It was a horribly toxic mindset. And, um, so even though, and here's the scary part though, I actually started make, I made a little progress with that mindset, but I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable, but I like, I was like, oh, I actually paid off a little bit of debt because I wasn't spending money. And then I'd put that money towards debt. But I was so stressed out. I was so miserable and it was so toxic. And then this is the second epiphany that I I kind of foreshadowed earlier. That's when I was like, there's got to be another way. I can't, I cannot spend the next however long I'm trying to pay off debt stress like this. So that's when I was like, got to be a better way. And that's when the idea behind Deeper Than Money was born because I was like, this process sucks. The financial industry is so riddled with guilt and shame and restriction and sacrifice and here's how you're going to spend your money. Listen to me. I'll tell you. Instead of teaching people how to use intuition and alignment and goals and desires and dreams and enjoying their life now in addition to getting paying off debt, saving, investing, all those things. And that's when I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it my way. And my way that I ended up developing was deeper than money. Um, and so anyway, that is when everything started changing, where I started getting ahead with money and also enjoying my life. 
um, paying off debt and also, you know, taking the trip or whatever else. And so that was great. Had a lot of momentum going through there because instead of having all these like, I pay off a little debt and then I crash and burn because I had so much restriction and I pay off a little debt and then I crash and burn. I was I was just making maybe a little bit slower progress, but it was so steady that it ended up, I ended up paying things off in the exact timeline I thought I would, but it was super sustainable instead of nothing. And then I'd binge spend and then nothing. And I'd binge spend. It was just slow and steady, or I don't even want to say slow because I paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months. And that's awesome. Um, but I did it in a way that was sustainable. Like here's the bottom line is I could have actually done that a little bit faster if I would have been way more restrictive, but I would have been miserable the whole time. So what is the point? What is the point? Right? What is the point of doing that? So anyway, um, prior to, I'm still paying off debt at this time. I graduate college. I get a big girl job. I negotiate my salary and a sign on bonus, um, a year after graduation. So this is 2018. Um, at 22 years old, this is like May of 2018. Um, I paid off a year after graduation. So 18 months. So six of the months I was paying off debt, I was in college. Um, and then eight or uh, 12 of those months I was out of college. So, um, here's the thing. When you talk about my story, absolutely. Like now look like if you look at like, again, the end of my story, yes. Having a great, like a big income is, is of course a big part of why I've hit financial goals. But what I want to point out is like a huge, like this entire momentum shift and starting to pay off debt happened without any changes in my income because this six months of that started when I was in college. I was paying off the debt when I was working in the mailroom, when I was babysitting, when I was doing that stuff. Then I graduated. Then I started working my big girl job. So yes, then of course my income increased. And since then it has increased. But what I'm saying is, I have been able to hit big financial goals at so many different levels of income. And so I want this to be, I'm taking a little like pit stop, but I want this to be encouraging for you to where whatever level of income you're at, you absolutely can make big leaps and like big financial goals. Even if they don't look like somebody else's or whatever else, like I want you to know that it doesn't matter what level of income you're at, you can make progress. You absolutely can. Um, and again, let me also say, I'm talking about once you're making a livable wage, because that is a whole other thing we can go into, but I want to encourage you. I, I just don't want you to tune out at any point of the story and be like, oh, well, she's just making more money than me. And that's why she could. There, I promise there are pieces, so many pieces of the story where, um, like different income levels, different uh, knowledge around money, different this. And at all of these different stages, I was able to make progress. And so again, this is not a like, I did it, so can you. Like those stories always like make me really mad. But I just want to be transparent in that of um, that there's been just so many different levels of resources, of income, of all of those things. And speaking of resources, I want to shout out because I don't know if I did. I don't think I did this earlier of like, I've been so privileged. Like I've been so blessed in this, um, in this being my story. And, um, and again, I have a whole podcast about that, about how, um, this narrative that I hear a lot of times of people being like, I'm, 
like, I'm not privileged. I just worked hard. And it's like, no, no, you can acknowledge having privilege and also working hard. Like just because like me hitting goals is not hard work alone. Like I have also been privileged, but let's say my trajectory of privilege was here. My hard work made that trajectory go a little bit higher. Um, so I was able to accomplish things that my old trajectory wouldn't have, but my baseline trajectory of coming from a, um, you know, coming from the family I did, having the uh, the skin color I do, having the sexual orientation I do, having all these different things, going to the schools that I did, things like that, like that level of trajectory already had me at such a um, privileged standpoint. Then when I was able to work hard on top of that, you know, it's just like through, um, like was able to take me to another level. So that's so important to acknowledge when we're talking about these stories, because I never want this to be something where you're watching a story and you're like, oh, okay, well, I suck and I haven't done that. It's like, no, 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 I I want this to be, first of all, I want to pull back the curtain because I get asked about this a lot. Um, But also I never want this to feel like um, a comparison because you can't compare results without comparing resources, okay? That was a little snippet back to the story. Okay, so this is 2022. I just paid off debt, all my debt. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Um wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Amazing. Um, and at that point I started sharing that. I was like, Hey guys, I just paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months. And people were like, wait, what? Teach me. And so that's when I was like, wow, I, I want to do that. So that's when I, again, I'm going to, I'm going to talk. I could make a whole nother story about my story of deeper than money and its growth. I'm going to stay on my personal financial story. But this is when I was like, wait, I want to start this business. So that's when I went, got all of the certifications I needed, set up my business um, with all of the different like legality things and um, everything else, right? That's like literally could be a whole hour long podcast by itself. So that's when I set up Deeper Than Money um, and started this business um, and got all the things done I needed to prior to actually taking on clients. And then again, started... um, this business the following year. Okay. So now back to the story. It's 2019. I'm 23 years old. Um, and started again, used becoming debt free as a freaking like, what's that called? Like a leaping block, a leaping, a leaping stone, a stepping stone, a stepping block, a stepping point, something. Um, use that to just jump right into big goals. So I grew an eight month emergency fund after I became debt free. I, this is one of my literal favorite things that I've accomplished because it was so exciting. Um, I bought my parents a new car for Christmas and I paid for it in cash. That was so mm, mm, chef's kiss. So exciting for me. Um, because it was such a blessing in, my life to be able to do that. And it was such a blessing in their life. And so that was like one of my favorite things ever. Um, I invested a hundred thousand dollars and that was a huge milestone. Um, I haven't talked much about investing previously in this story, but I did start very low key starting to invest when I had, when I started my corporate job in 2017, Um, I was taking advantage of my company match at work. I opened up um, a 
uh, different retirement accounts and things like that. So I had started investing at a little baby pace, like like one little step. I was just like wading in the waters um, because I wanted to focus on debt and like some, you know, growing my emergency fund and things like that. And then that's when I really went ham on investing. And so I invested a hundred thousand dollars um, then. Um, so the next year became, it was 2020. I was 24 years old. This is my number one. This is my number one um, most favorite financial accomplishment I've ever done. But I retired my mom from her full-time job to come work for me. That was one of my biggest financial dreams. It was my big, one of my biggest financial dreams before I even had the company. Before I'd even started Deeper the Money, I was like, that would be the most epic thing in the whole world to be able to do that. And I did that and it was just like the best thing. So I'm so proud of that financial accomplishment. Um, I saved $200,000 for a down payment in or, uh, renovations on a home, um, which was super exciting. Um, so I ended, I, I started doing that in 2020 and then um, ended doing that. Like I was able to finish, like finish that savings and everything by 2021. Um, and then in spring of 2021, I bought my dream lake house and then, um, did, and I also kept my downtown apartment in the city as well. So having both of those was like, has been the best thing ever. And then I also did, um, honestly, I don't have this written down, so I don't know. I would say probably between 50 to a hundred thousand, I'd say like $75,000 of renovations to the house in the, honestly, no, I'd say between 50 and $75,000 of renovations on the house in the first year. Um, I also bought a boat. I bought, um, a jet ski, uh, jet ski lift, like things like that, bunch of lake stuff. And, um, so that was super exciting. Um, I also invested a hundred thousand dollars, uh, that year. Okay. So then, um, in 2021, like later on in the year, um, when I turned 25, uh, well, I guess that was, I'm trying to think of like, that was when I was 25. So then later in 2021, when I turned 26, there we go. I mixed that up. Um, built over by then over a half million dollar net worth. Um, and also because of my, what I have already invested in my retirement accounts and, and long-term investment accounts, even if I never invest another dollar, just based on historical averages, I will have over 6 million in, a like in retirement growth by the time I retire, which is super exciting. Um, okay. So now, now we're up to like pretty much real time. Um, I feel like there's some other like, uh, wins that I've had, but I don't have them. I feel like I'm missing like a couple bigger pieces in the story, but I don't know. We're going to keep on rolling. So now, um, this has been my goal for the past couple years. I think I set this goal in, um, beginning of 2019 and, uh, to, that I wanted to become, have a mil, become a millionaire before I turned 28. So if you're listening to this video in real time, I am literally like about a month away from, I'm 26 right now. So I'm a month away from turning 27 years old. And so literally the countdown is on. 
the countdown is on. I pretty much have like 12 months from right now, again, if you're listening to this in real time, to hit my goal of becoming a millionaire before I turn 28. So by 27, like I should say like while I'm 27. Um, and I want to make sure to do that. So that's really, really exciting. And I think the biggest thing for me is I, yes, I've had all these crazy financial goals and yes, my goal is to become a millionaire in the next 12 months and I'm right on track to do so. But here's my big thing for you. I have not, and I will not sacrifice my life now for hitting these financial goals or for my retirement account down the road. And that's like, wait, what? Isn't the goal to have as big of a, of a retirement account as possible? No, it isn't, right? It's The goal is not to have as big of a retirement account as possible. The goal is to have, of course, a bougie, big retirement account but also have a great amount of, uh, I don't want to say a great amount, also have the right amount of spending now to live the dream life now, right? Like I do, my goal is not to put as much as possible in a retirement account because I could right now be putting more into a retirement account. That would mean traveling less. That would mean spending less money, doing things with my friends. That would mean maybe eating out less. That would mean like changing my lifestyle now that I love, right? It means giving up my manicures. Oh my gosh, I don't want to, right? I'm okay with the fact that I spend a little bit more now and I'm also gonna have a big retirement account. Could I have more if I was more like sacrificing the things I care about now? Sure, but what what's the point of that? What is the point of that, right? Like I think one of the things that makes me most sad is when I hear people say like, especially I hear this a lot from um, like my parents' generation or even a little bit younger than them of like, oh yeah, we'll do that like in retirement or like once we retire, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't want to live a life that's based on sacrificing everything now to like live this dream life down the road. Like we're not promised down the road. We're, we're not promised health down the road, right? We might be here, but our, our bodies are you know, tired or weaker or unable to do the things that we're able to do now. And so I want to prioritize having a freaking amazing life now. And that doesn't mean like YOLO, screw retirement. I'm not opening that. No, no, no. I also heavily invest for the future, but I don't do it at the expense of right now. Like my mentality is every decision I make has to elevate my life now and later because both can exist. Both can absolutely exist. And not only that, but both can exist without guilt and shame. Both can exist without feeling bad about buying the manicure and thinking, oh, I could have put that towards debt or, oh, I could have put that in retirement or, oh, I could have done this. No, it's it's enjoying the manicure and being like, oh, this elevates my life. I feel so good. I love being able to do this. I'm so grateful for this. And also, I want to make sure that in this paycheck this week, I'm setting aside money to, um, toward my Roth IRA, or I'm setting aside money to pay off my car loan, or I'm doing this and both get to exist. And we get to be really freaking excited about that, right? Because we don't have to live in this world where every time we buy something, we feel guilty or we feel like, um, we should justify it or we feel these things. Or every time we go to buy things, it's this like Hulk mentality of like, screw it, treat myself. Ah, I just have to like mentally detach and then just go and do it without thinking or else I'll feel bad. 
no, no, we get to live in this place of like, awesome, I plan for these expenses. Now I'm spending them. I feel great about it. I plan to put some in retirement or I plan to put the store debt and I'm hitting that. And that's amazing. Um, that's the world we get to live in. Like that's the financial world we get to create for ourselves. And like, that's what deeper the money is about is I don't just care that you, you know, pay off debt or whatever. I care. How, how are you feeling? What is going on in your life right now? What are your priorities? What are your goals? What are your dreams? How can we make sure we're prioritizing using money to elevate your life, to create your dream life now, while also using it to elevate and create that retirement account or that, you know, long-term investment account and build that wealth down the road as well. We want to do both. And I know, I know that there's going to be people watching this who are like, okay, I'm in. I want to do it. I want to do it, but how? And this is literally why we created the Wealth Accelerator. Um, Like, this is it. People ask me all the time. And here's the thing. We have so many, like, free resources, so many, like, um, if you're looking for a free resource to get started, we have the $1,000 challenge, which is how to save $1,000 in three days. It's literally free. Go download it. Go do it. Um, but if you are someone who you're like, I don't just want those like quick tips. Like I want a transformational program where I can go through this program and not only get the information right through modules and trainings, but where I can also get the personalized support from a coach of being able to say, Hey, for me, I'm really struggling with unexpected expenses coming up. And so when I implement this, I'm struggling with this. And then we help you tailor that specific situation to your life and everything. Um, And that's what Wealth Accelerator is. It's a 12-week transformational group coaching program where we not only have the, all the education to get you from where you are today from that like Um, you know, struggling with money, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like something always comes up, feeling like you're behind, feeling like there's just not enough, um, to this place where you are paying off debt or debt free, where you are, have a savings, where you have started investing and you know exactly what your investing goals are, where you're spending guilt free, where you have allocated, um, expenses or allocated funds towards all the things that you care about. Like that's what we do. And here's the thing. Every single round of Wealth Accelerator that we run, at the end of it, we have a farewell call. And on that farewell call, we asked people, what are you most proud of? What are you most proud of after graduating from this program? And the craziest thing is, the craziest thing is, and this is why, this is why um, I it is my baby and like why I'm so proud of Deeper Than Money as a company and Wealth Accelerator as a program. These... Everyone in the program will go around, we'll say what they're most proud of. And these are people who have paid off tens of thousands of dollars of debt, who have our credit card debt free, who have an emergency fund, who negotiated their um, a raise at their job, who have started investing in retirement accounts or maxed out their retirement accounts, have had these huge financial wins. Okay. And they'll be like, I am most proud because I walk into Target and I no longer feel stress or anxiety around spending. And I also don't feel this like overwhelming urge to impulse spend because I spend in alignment and I truly only get the things that I genuinely care about that I plan to spend. And it's so easy and freeing. Or um, again, these are people who literally have paid off all these that had had all these financial wins and who they're like, 
I am so proud because my relationship with my partner is a thousand times better because we're on the same page with finances and I feel so clear about what I want and that relief is everything to me. Or um, it's someone who said, I, qu- I, you know, I quit my job and I got a different job instead because as we were going through finances, I realized like I'm not in the right career and I've known this, but I've just stayed for the money. But now that I figured out money, I'm deciding to pursue something else. Like those things are life changing. And that is what the wealth accelerator is all about is not just accelerating your literal wealth building of helping you um, truly build wealth and do it, pay off debt fast and invest and hit all these massive goals, but to do it in a way that truly elevates your life, decreases stress and, um, helps you live this dream life now while also building wealth. That's what we do. So any hooser, if you're interested in, um, applying for wealth accelerator, I'll put a link in the show notes. Our next round, um, we're now taking applications for our next round and those will close in a couple weeks. So make sure that if you want to get in this round, um, that you go and apply now. And, um, again, when you apply, you will fill out an application, pick your call time. And then when the call you will have is with my team and they will help you decide if you're a good fit, they will give you all of the information. You can ask all your questions. It's not salesy. It's not pressury. We just want to make sure that we're getting you hooked up with the resource that is absolutely the best fit for you. Um, and also once you apply, then you will get a little video that you can watch prior to the call that explains all about the program and everything like that. So if you have questions, a lot of those will be answered in that again. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, this is for somebody who's like, I am freaking ready to go all in. I am ready to get these massive results. I'm ready to put my money to work, um, regardless of what level, where you're at with money, how confident you feel. There is just something so freaking empowering of getting to this place where not only are you making moves, but you just feel confident and love every aspect of the things that you're creating and the ways you're using money. So again, that is my story. Um, I want to hear your story. I want to uh, be a part of of your story of getting ahead with money and everything like that. So if that is something that you're like, all right, I know what my story is and I'm ready to change it and I'm ready to change my trajectory, go and apply for Wealth Accelerator, um, check that out. And also go and watch the my story on Instagram. Um, and you can see the little pictures that correlate to the story that I shared today. So again, thank you so much for tuning into the Deeper the Money podcast, and we'll see you back next week. 